Howdy everyone, welcome to the Delu Podcast, where I talk about whatever's on my mind for the day in regards to Angus cattle, the beef industry, and anything to do with the farming and ranching lifestyle. I'm your host, Kevin Delu. If you haven't tuned in before, I'd just like to say thank you for joining me today. I'm a Brazilian-American, second-generation rancher and photographer, and I raise registered Black Angus cattle on our family-owned operation in Texas with my parents who are reining horse trainers. I decided to make this podcast to have a way to just get all my ideas laid out and off my mind. I want to take this as an opportunity to be able to help others getting started in ranching and farming, give others a voice where maybe they can't get all of their thoughts together on certain issues, and first and foremost, a learning opportunity for me along the way to refine my ideas, beliefs, work, and how I go about in my day-to-day life in the beef business. I'm a firm believer that you can never stop learning. You know, we all get stubborn in our ways sometimes, myself included, yet we should never maintain the belief, well, that's just the way we've always done it. You know, that thought process can never allow a person to grow fully, I believe at least. So for today, I'd like to give you all a little background on who I am and the Deleu Ranch. I think the best way to start this is to go all the way back to where it first began with my parents, Carlos and Lori Delu. So my dad, Carlos, is from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and my mom, Lori, is from Illinois. Even though my dad was raised in Sao Paulo, which is one of the largest cities in the world, he always had a passion for horses. His family had a small getaway farm out in the country he grew up going to, and that's where he found his love for them. His dad, which is my grandfather, owned a fabric company in Sao Paulo called Fabrica de Lille, where my dad and his siblings would work at. In his 20s, my dad wanted to pursue his passion for horses, and like the true American immigrant story, after graduating college, he saved up whatever money he could, you know, sold his car, and he moved to the U.S. to learn how to train horses. Long story short, while he was living in Illinois, working at a horse ranch there, and he was about ready to go back home because he couldn't handle the cold anymore. The trainer he was working for said that he had a new girl coming in to help train and he could work with her. Well, it turned out to be my mom. They ended up being together and they moved to Brazil and they got married. I'm actually their only child and I was born there in Sao Paulo. We had a couple ranches there that they built from scratch, one in Porto Feliz, and then after that, they moved out to a larger place towards Avare in a small community called Lobo. My parents actually had a huge impact on the horse industry in Brazil, having not only founded the National Running Horse Association of Brazil, which is called the ANCR, my dad was also its first president. We moved back to the U.S. to Collinsville, Texas in 1996 when I was just three years old, and we've been here ever since. They've won numerous shows and titles over the years in reining horses. My dad was the second winner of the NRBC, which is the National Reining Breeders Classic. My mom has, she's won some world championships over the years, and so they pretty much had a good name for themselves over the years. I, on the other hand, didn't develop quite the love for horses like they did. Fast forward to 2006, I was entering my freshman year of high school, and I joined the FFA. I had plans to show some kind of animal. 
but you know, we weren't quite sure what yet. One day in a nearby town, my dad and I saw a stock trailer loaded with Brahmin show heifers that was headed for the Hunt County Fair in Greenville. We figured it's not too far away. Why don't we just go check it out? Now, keep in mind, with my dad's impact in Brazil, he was pretty, he was incredibly well known amongst the ranchers there. And being South America, the Nalorian Brahmas, they're very popular. So we had friends that we could talk to about it as well. So we go to this show, we met some of the breeders, and after a few months, we visited the Lindley Brahmins operation out in Sulphur Springs, Texas, with Billy Dan Lindley, who, if, if I remember correctly, he was the current ABBA president at the time. While we were there, we picked out my first show heifer, BDL Miss Peerless Manzo 140, who we nicknamed Dunny, which was after one of my Brazilian cousins, actually. Now, this heifer, <laughs> I think anybody who has shown cattle over the years, I think they all have, most are going to have the same story when it comes to their first heifer. A lot of times that first animal is going to be the biggest learning experience for anyone. This heifer, oh my gosh, she was she was good in the beginning. She was easy to work. And, you know, fast forward, we go to my first show. It was at Loy Lake in Denison. It was a county show. And... Yeah, I looked so nerdy. I remember going to this first show. There was, I think, maybe around 10 females in the show entirely. After showing, you know, she did great. She started getting a little anxious, getting a little frustrated. And I actually got reserve out of the whole show. I mean, you know, there's only 10 heifers, so it's the best you could do or whatever. And... We go to take the picture, uh, the championship picture, at the backdrop. The backdrop was in the same, it was like an old rickety building where they had the, the show arena, really old one. And you had to go, th you had to squeeze through this little doorway on the side to get to the backdrop, to the backdrop banner and everything. Take the picture. She's getting really antsy. We start to leave that little spot. And my grandmother was standing right out front of that little door we had to fit through. My heifer, Dunny, puts her head down and takes off full sprint to that little door. Knocks my grandmother out of the way. I just remember seeing my, grand, my grandmother just flying in the air off to the side, and my heifer just bolting down this alleyway. She takes off all over the, sh the fairgrounds, and this huge biker dude grabbed her, <laughs> grabbed her lead and just yanked on her. He was so big, he could hold on to her no problem, and we managed to catch her after that. And uh, she, she, she learned how to take off after that point. So that was kind of our, that was our first experience with a show. Luckily it did get better over the years. Um, had a few other encounters like that, but it wasn't too bad. 
I won't go into too much more detail, but over the years, we expanded the herd, adding on some more cows and heifers, uh, specifically from the Tic-Tac-Toe Ranch in Italy, Texas, and Santerland Ranch in Madisonville, Texas. We purchased our first herd sire, Mr. VA 252 over 6, who was the son of uh, The Rock, Mr. V8, 846 over 5. He was the 2005 international champion bull, and he was out of a maternal merit cow, J.J. Miss Dittercraw, 201 over 1. And she was actually the dam of the maternal merit sire, J.J. Quattro Ditter, 919, who was a trait leader for numerous traits in the Brahmin breed. So my bull was a maternal sibling to 919. We nicknamed him Tony, and that was just the absolute best bull I think we could have bought. Never once had a docility issue or a breeding issue, and he actually lived on to be 16 years and 9 months old, and we actually had to finally put him down earlier this year. We raised Brahmins for about 10 years. Throughout that time, I won several championships, division wins, like at the All-American Nationals, the Fort Worth Junior Show Calf Champion. I even won the Texas State Bread and Known Grand Champion Bull one year in 2010. The Brahmins were what I believe the first necessary step I needed to take when it came to raising cattle. Brahmins were my first love, and they still are. I just have some pretty harsh critiques when it comes to how the Brahmin industry is handled by the breeders, which I, I may go into detail on another episode. Artificial insemination became an integral part of the herd, and because of the difficulties to really obtain good genetics for the kind of cattle I wanted to raise we had to switch breeds inevitably. I had so much love, passion, and devotion for the Brahmin breed, and I didn't feel like that was ever going to really get me anywhere. For a good while, I got in a kind of, kind of a funk about it. You know, luckily, I had my dad by my side, and he had begun some digging into Angus cattle, we had bought a handful of commercial Angus cross cows before so I could practice AI on, but that was about it. In 2015, my dad visited the Albrick Angus Ranch in Wapanuka, Oklahoma, and ended up buying three registered cows there. I went once after with him, and I picked out a cow for me also, and that's where it began with our Angus herd. We had two final answer cows, a Keneally Onward cow, and my net worth cow. Over the years, we started collecting more and more. Uh, the next year in 2016, I had a personal trip out to Shawfangus Valley in St. Anthony, North Dakota during the summer and had a one-on-one -on -one tour with Kelly Shoff throughout the ranch. You know, talk about a life-changing moment. At that point, I realized what I needed to do. 2017, we went to the sale, and I bought an SAV heifer. She was an SAV recharge out of Madame Pride 5530, so she was a full sibling in blood to SAV Regard, 
maternal sibling to cutting edge, priority. And I actually sold off the rest of my Brahmins, except for my bull and my first cow, to actually pay her off. From then on, it's been nothing but Angus. 2015, I raised four calves. 2016, we had 10. 2017, we had 18. 2018, we had 28 calves. 2019, we had 32. 2020, we had 28. And now last year in 2021, I had the most calves I've ever had in one year with 42. It's been an amazing and at times, you know, stressful journey. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears has gone into this passion for raising quality seed stock animals. I'm, I'm pretty dang proud of the animals I've been able to obtain and raise over the years. Our herd has become pretty much centered around the McKellar, Albrecht, and Penn's Angus operations. More specifically, the Keneally and SAV bloodlines. Not to say we haven't included cattle from other breeders here and there. These have, these have been our favorite by far. S- seeing the different types of Angus that are bred, we felt that these operations, and especially for our climate, have been the most productive and suitable, primarily for their maternal and their phenotypic qualities. Over time, I've been, I've been able to really hone in and adjust the genetics and to create the kind of cattle we would have never have been able to raise with Brahmins. And like I said, that's a story all on its own for another day. And when it comes to the Angus, there are so many different bloodlines and ways to breed them, especially to create ones that are suitable for your environment. And for our operation particularly, what I have strived to do is to have cattle that are first functional in terms of their maternal quality. So, you know, raising a calf, raising a heavy calf, not having problems at birth good feet, good docility, the basic things you need in a cow. Luckily with the Angus, there's a lot more focus when it comes to carcass quality. So I have set that to the side secondary. And to begin the herd, I wanted to make sure that we at least had our maternal base set in stone to an extent. I'm going to go into detail more regarding EPDs and how I view them and how I incorporate them into the herd. But like I've stated before, I see them just as a tool when it comes to selecting cattle and breeding cattle. And by using... Keneally cow genetics on SAV bulls, I think I've been able to utilize good breedings from both of those operations 
and I'm pulling good DNA or good genomics and good EPDs out of them, regardless if I was trying to breed for the EPDs or not. I've been able to raise, uh, for final answer, I raised one of the number one non-parent females for weaning weight, yearling weight, and several other EPD traits without even trying. A final answer bull that was the number one final answer non-parent son for claw score dollar maternal. The number one marbling dollar beef daughter of net worth. Several top ranking ones for renown, resource. And I feel being able to utilize what I learned with the Brahmins when it comes to raise Angus the way I had always dreamt when it came to raising Brahmins has now put me in a position that I can AI to any bull I want. I can create the animal I want. And at times I almost feel like a kid in a candy store when it comes to the sire selection available. And now I'm getting to the point where I am more comfortable using my own bulls that I've raised and trying to maintain my own bloodlines now. The majority of my cows have our prefix, first or even second, third generation in on some of them, which on the Brahmas in that span of time was almost impossible considering their fertility issues and maturity issues on account of how long it took for them to mature, to have a calf, and also to breed back. For anyone who's been wondering also on my background being Brazilian, yes, I do speak Portuguese fluently. Both of my parents and I are bilingual. A lot of our business was in Brazil with buying and selling horses and our quarantine facility actually to ship them to Brazil, of which uh, a long time we were shipping approximately 90% of the horses that were being imported to Brazil. We would visit yearly to see family, business stuff, and vacation, you know, usually go on a fishing trip. Well, I, I think we can call that good for one day. I think it was important that if y'all are going to hopefully stick around with me on this podcast to at least have some kind of idea of my background, I always want to reiterate that while I'll be giving a lot of my opinions based off the knowledge I've gained and experiences I've encountered, yes, I understand that I'm still young and I have a lot to learn. Feel free to shoot me an email to delukc at gmail.com with any thoughts, concerns, or ideas you may have for me. Make sure to visit my website, www.kevindelu.com. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I wish you all the best of days, and I hope you'll join me next time.